Welcome to our service here at Brighton Road Baptist Church. Uh, you're very, very welcome. It's great to have you join us. And we're going to be continuing our series on uh, people of prayer uh, so that we might be inspired in our own prayer life by the example of others. And uh, so today we're taking a look at Jesus' prayer that we find in John chapter 17. My name is Marion Richardson and I'm a member here at Brighton Road, as is Claire, who shall be bringing God's message to us later. If you're able, you might like to join us in person uh, so that uh, as we're now having our uh, morning services on site, all are welcome. Uh, look up on our website for further details for booking. But it's my prayer that whether it's via online or uh, whether it's in person on site, that God might meet with you today and move you on in your knowledge, understanding and experience of him. Our call to worship may be found in Psalm 105, starting at verse 1. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. And so let us look to the Lord as we sing our first two songs of praise that tell us of his wonderful acts. The first is a light of the world. You stepped down into darkness, opened my eyes and let me see the beauty that made this heart adore you. Let's respond to all that Christ has done for us as we sing together.
Let us pray. Father God, we praise you because there is no one like you. You have created all things and you sustain all things. You persevered with your people when time and time again they let you down. You showed your love by sending your son. You demonstrated your mighty power in his resurrection. Lord God, you are beyond all understanding and yet we so easily forget just how amazing you are. We're sorry for taking you for granted. We're sorry that even though you've given us this great gift of prayer, that we too easily neglect it and squander opportunities to be with you. O oh Lord, give us a thirst to know you, a hunger to spend time with you, and a passion for your word. We humbly ask this in your precious name and most glorious name, Lord. Amen. Oh, no.
During this past year and a half, have you found that you've been looking at things a, li a little bit differently? Um, I know that I've, I have, and, I, and I've found real joy uh, from um, looking at my garden uh, differently and, and, and looking more closely. And uh, I've been able to notice so much more. Is that, has that been your experience? Um, we've, we're really blessed to have a, a few trees in, in our garden and they've been so beautifully laden down with blossom. But not only that, the trees have been humming. That's what it feels like, because actually they're just full of pollinators and that's just been beautiful. I've also, I've even got out my granddad's really old tatty <laughs> binoculars um, so that I can enjoy um, watching the, the visitors, the birds that come to the garden that much more. And I've seen um, goldfinches wrestling nesting material and I've seen uh, fledgling uh, blackbirds uh, demanding more food, even though they're exactly the same size as their parents. It's all a bit spring watch here. I'm not going to deny it. But um, uh, the point is, when we take time to, to stop and to look, uh, we discover there's so much more to see. And uh, the passage that Claire is going to be speaking on later has made me ask myself, well, what is it that I'm looking? Where, where is it that I'm looking? Where is my focus? O on what, or rather whom, do I give my time when I'm stopping to look? Um, in John 17, as I said earlier, it's Jesus's prayer. And, and uh, where does he look when he prays? Now, right at the beginning, he does, um, he does pray uh, for himself. It's just before he's about to be arrested. So you can quite understand it, that it's all going to go through a really personally difficult, challenging time. But even there, he's looking outward because he says, glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. So he's still looking outward to his father. The lion's share of his prayer is actually not for himself at all, um, but for others, those closest to him uh, and those he doesn't even know. He's taken the time before his arrest to, to look more closely at the needs of others in prayer. Uh, he turns his binoculars, as it were, uh, to those in need now and those in need in the wider world and in the future. We would do well to follow in Jesus's footsteps in many respects, um, but absolutely when it comes to prayer. When we look to our Father and look outwards uh, to those closest to us and in our wider community and even those we don't even know, when we stop to focus on them in prayer, then we are blessed. First reading is taken from John chapter 17 verses 6 to 19. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. 
I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified.
The second reading is taken from John chapter 17, verses 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So let us pray. Father, we bring you our family with their spiritual, physical and mental health needs. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we bring you our town with its diverse needs of health and social care and the need to know you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we bring you our nation, our royal family, for our country's decision makers and for the marginalised and the broken. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we bring you Israel and the peacemakers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we bring you our world, struggling against the damage we are causing it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, you are a God of redemption and new beginnings. We praise you that all goodness comes from you. May we reflect your goodness and love to those we meet today and throughout this week. In your name we pray. Amen.
We've been working through a series on the people of prayer and today we come to one of the most incredible prayers uh, in scripture and it's a prayer where Jesus prays for us and I know often we want to feel closer to Jesus, we want to get closer to his mind and to his heart and to understand uh, what he wants for us and, and direction for us. And this glimpse into uh, the prayer life that between the Father and the Son and specifically for Jesus as he prays for us, his disciples and his followers is really, really precious. So we're going to have a look uh, today to see what it is that he prays for us and what those promises and what that continuing prayer um, can teach us and how hopefully it will inspire and encourage us. So first of all, let's think about where this prayer comes. Um, we are in John, we're in John chapter 17. Um, and Jesus is preparing his disciples for the time when he will be leaving them. He has begun to teach and to speak to them about the coming of the Holy Spirit and to warn them that he will be leaving them, but that a helper will be coming. So that hasn't happened yet. But in in verse six, in chapter 16, he started to, to speak and to teach them about that. And they're starting to understand. We start to see through John chapter 16 that the disciples are beginning to understand a little more of what Jesus is saying. They say in uh, chapter 16, verse uh, 29, now you're speaking clearly without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things uh, and we don't need to ask you any more questions. So there's this feeling that they've been with Jesus a long time. They've been getting to know him. Maybe he's been a little bit mysterious. He's been speaking in parables or riddles or trying to show them and they've not always understood what he's been up to. But they're starting to feel now like they understand each other a little more. Um, and he's promising them that the spirit will come. And Jesus says to them just at the end of chapter 16, do you now believe a time is coming and it has fact now come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone for the father is with me. So there's this sense that a separation is coming and Jesus um, is preparing the disciples for the time when they have to cope without him. We know uh, that part of that preparation is the gift of the Holy Spirit, but also there's this powerful prayer where he prays to the Father and he asks the Father for things on behalf of the disciples in that sense that they will be uh, ready and that they will be able to cope without him when he goes uh, and so at the beginning of chapter 17 we see after jesus said these things he looks towards heaven and he prays and i was wondering whether the disciples would hear this prayer now if you look at the language in the prayer it's it's very much directed towards uh, the heavenly father it feels a bit like a private prayer between jesus and the father but we know he was with the disciples immediately before he prayed it. And we know he's with them uh, after he's finished praying it. It's not clear whether he goes away and prays this privately or whether during this prayer, the disciples are listening to what he's saying. Um, so however it was for them, we get the privilege of listening in to the prayer that Jesus is praying for his disciples. And actually he's praying it for us as well. 
There's an interesting kind of feature of this of this prayer in that Jesus really sees himself as separate from the world, sort of disassociates himself with the world and associates himself with the Father. And we can expect that, you know, we, we get that Jesus associates himself with the Father, but feels separate from the world. What I noticed as I read this prayer is that Jesus also associates his followers and his disciples with himself and with the Father and separate from the world. So there's this very close association, a very close association with Jesus and the Father and the followers and the disciples and by extension us. And so we're in a really privileged and special position as Jesus prays this prayer and he prays this prayer for all of those he says that the father has given to him and so i think it's okay for us as as believers as followers as disciples of jesus to include ourselves in this prayer and and believe that as jesus was praying this prayer for the disciples he is also praying it through the centuries um, for us today and so what does he pray there are four things that I want to pick out that he specifically asks the Father for on behalf of the disciples. The first thing is the word. And this is brilliant. So he says in, uh, we're still in chapter 17, in verse 6, um, he says, They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. And so there's something very precious about the identity of a people who obey the word, who accept the word. And specifically the prayer in verse 17 that Jesus prays in regards to the word, he asks that uh, the Heavenly Father sanctify them by the truth and your word is the truth. So Jesus there is specifically praying to the Heavenly Father that those that follow him, those that believe in him, the, the disciples that come after those original disciples will be sanctified by the truth, made holy by the word. And this idea of sanctify as well gives us a, a freedom from sin. So an awesome promise, an awesome prayer that Jesus has prayed for each one of us, that we would know the word, that we would know him, that we would know the truth and that we would be sanctified through that word and through that truth. Such possibility and liberty um, in that blessing and in that prayer for us. So he prays for the word, for the sanctity and the truth of the word to come and to be with his disciples. And secondly, he prays for glory. Now, this is incredible because he talks about um, being glorified himself in verse five. Jesus says, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So an incredible, holy, magnificent glory um, there associated between the father and the son. And yet in verse 22, we read that as Jesus prays for his disciples, he prays, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that we may be one, that they may be one as we are one. 
and it goes on in verse 24 father i want those that have given me to be with me where i am to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world and here this incredible association the association of jesus and the heavenly father in glory together before the world began and in this prayer jesus is associating his followers in that same space in that same glory asking the father that we his followers can share in that glory amazing so he's asking that the glory that be given to him be given to us and of course this is the ultimate theological conundrum i suppose because this is before the crucifixion before we um have seen that the curtain torn down still very much in a time where people would fear to be in god's presence and fear to be near god's holiness and god's glory and yet here jesus is asking for us his followers to have that closeness of relationship and that proximity to him in the glory in the same way uh, as he shared with the father before the world began so we know we, we we've seen the word we've seen the 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 truth and the and the um um sanctifying in that previous part of the prayer and because we know that jesus is praying that we will be associated with him and sanctified with him and found holy with him then he can also pray that we can come boldly and confidently right into that throne room and experience the full glory of god's presence so he prays for word he prays for glory and there's two more things he prays he prays for protection and i think this is really uh, important for us to know that Jesus prays for our protection specifically he prays holy father protect them by the power of your name keep them safe by the name that you gave me and so this idea that there's a protection through the power of the name of Jesus and that is the prayer that Jesus is praying he's invoking the power of his own name a covering a protection for those that will be following him and if you read through we i mentioned already this idea that that the world might not be such a welcoming place always for jesus or for those he follows so there's an understanding that we will need protection that there is evil in the world that we will need protection from but jesus is praying that protection in the power of his name over those who believe in him and follow him so he prays for the word, he prays for glory, he prays for protection and the power of his name. And then uh, the last, the fourth thing that I want to pick out today, he prays for joy. Brilliant. Uh, in verse 13, he says, um, I ask that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. And how brilliant is that in this time when Jesus is looking towards the cross and we know that there will be a time of grieving coming to the disciples, yet he is praying specifically for a full measure of joy. And I think often we forget that Jesus's prayer for us is that we are a joyful people, that we are a people who know him, who trust him and who are joyful. So let's hear that prayer. Let's understand that Jesus is praying those things for his disciples. He's praying those things for us right now. And 
my prayer is that we would sit together under Jesus's prayer for us. We would know the truth of his word. We would know that we are holy and set apart. We know that he has sanctified us through that truth. We would know that he longs to share his glory with us. We would be confident in his protection and in the power of his name and that we would have the full measure of his joy within us. Because as Jesus says in verse 3 of chapter 17 of John's Gospel, this is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. And so in this prayer is the key for all of eternal life, knowing God's holiness, his glory, his protection, and his joy. And I'm going to close with the words at the end of chapter 17. Jesus says, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, that I may myself be in them. Amen.
So as we bring our service to a close, I want to pray these words for you as a blessing upon you. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, this day and all days. Amen. I feel small and alone.